On Thursday, April 5th at First Assembly of God in Memphis, multi-Grammy award winner Bill Gaither will host a spectacular evening of music, laughter, and encouragement featuring the talent of the prestigious Gaither Vocal Band. And Bill Gaither himself joins Bot Radio Network now. Bill, it's always good to talk with you. Byron, it's a joy to talk with you, and we're excited about coming to Memphis. You're going to be singing some of those timeless gospel classics as well as some inspiring new favorites when you come to town, Bill. First Assembly of God on April 5th. Yeah, it's always a uh, it's always a challenge because a lot of folks are coming to hear the songs that they, they grew up with, Because He Lives, He Touched Me. There's something about that name. We'll be singing those. and uh, But at the same time, uh, some folks want to hear... Uh, chain breaker that's on our new project. So, yeah, we'll sing a little bit of the new, a little bit of the old. I believe you realize, Bill, that First Assembly was the church the Presleys attended when they moved from Tupelo to Memphis. Yes, uh, the First Assembly has a lot of history. Uh, the old Blackwood Brothers, uh, that was their home church when they first came to Memphis from Shenandoah, Iowa. And then the uh, Presleys were always very close to that. And then secondly, we were there one time, and I had just written some new songs that we were pitching to the McDuff Brothers. So they have a lot of history of that church, and we're excited about being there. Well, you know, the worship pastor and music pastor there, Bob Gabehart, at First Assembly, he and his wife, Diane, were two of the original singers on the PTO Club during the early years of that show. Bob also has a quartet group called Soul City that's incredible, Bill. Ah, be fun to get a chance to meet them, talk with them. Oh, I'm sure you'll get a chance to. But yeah, as you mentioned, a great history of ministry, not only in music, but also in preaching God's Word for so long. Uh, you know, Bill, few events have the ability to unite individuals from all walks of life the way the Gaither concerts do. What do you attribute that to? Well, I don't know who made this statement first, but I like it. The statement that says there are there are many more things that unite us than those things that divide us. And, uh, you know, within the Protestant Church, uh, in the beginning, there were just a few denominations that has grown to many different denominations, and many of them are on the basis of theological differences. But I think it's interesting, when you travel, missionaries really come to this truth more than anybody else. When When you're in a foreign country... You don't. You aren't really checking out. Are they Methodists? Are they Baptists? Are they Pentecostals? Are they Church of Christ? If you just got somebody that loves Jesus, you're going to say, "Hey, take my hand, brother. We're in a minority here. We need some help." <laughs> I think we've been spoiled in this country because it's the land of the free, and, and which includes freedom of religion. And because of that, uh, there. You know, there are differences, I suppose, in the approach uh, to worshiping the Lord. But, uh, boy, when you get down to the basics, you know, his his birth, his life here on earth, and his resurrection, most of us can agree on, with the, on the Apostles' Creed and come together and have a good evening of music. So true, Bill. Yeah. And you mentioned the resurrection. Of course, we're recording this program as we move into the, the Holy Week, the Passion Week of Christ, with Christians worldwide worship and reflect on the sufferings of Jesus Christ. Of course, Easter and, of course, the resurrection, the powerful resurrection. And I know you've written a lot of music related to Easter. Yes. Uh, usually on 
the week after Easter Sunday morning, I get a lot of friends across the country who send me their church bulletins and say, we sang Because He Lives uh, this morning, uh, you know, for our closing uh, hymn to go out, Because He Lives, I Can Face Tomorrow. We can face uncertain days because He interesting cliff barrels about 15 years ago first contacted me and said we're already got uh dr graham's uh funeral service in mind at this age we don't know how many more years he has and that was 15 years ago he had another 14 years to live and uh, but we sang because he lives at his service there uh the funeral service on friday on march the 2nd and uh there's something about that song. In fact, I talked to a tour guide over in Israel. He said that song is probably sung more here at the Garden Tomb than uh, than uh, any song that I know of. So that makes us feel good. We'll be singing that that night at uh, at Memphis, and uh, it's uh, Gloria and I wrote that in like 1970, 71, and uh, to think that it's still around, it's still meaningful to folks is uh, quite a blessing. Well, you mentioned the Graham family. I just happened to watch TBN Network last night and saw a special where uh, Franklin was taking uh, the family, the children, grandkids, back to Israel and just reflecting on the Holy Land. And one of the things that I didn't realize, you know, there was a stage where Franklin was going through a rebellious stage like some of us do in our teen years. But he pointed out it was there overlooking Jerusalem when he was there one time that God spoke to his heart and he got saved. That was really a, a transformation for Franklin Graham. Well, and the Lord has used him in a very special way. We did a couple of videos with him in uh, in Africa with his uh, Samaritan's Purse, uh, and that's, that's such a great, great program. And to see those kids open those presents on uh, Christmas or at Christmas time and their faces beaming, and Franklin has, uh, has really put his life on the line for that. Bill, you mentioned, of course, Dr. Billy Graham and the ministry and the life of this legend of a preacher and evangelist. He wouldn't want people to call him that. He liked people to call him Billy. But as you mentioned, you attended the funeral. Do you mind sharing maybe some of your thoughts from that experience? As you said, that Dr. Graham had planned his funeral. He had picked six songs. Until then, all hail the power of Jesus' name, above all, to God be the glory and amazing grace that was done on bagpipe. And, of course, your song, Because He Lives. What were some of your reflections of being there? I just can't imagine what it was like to be there. Well, I was sitting next to Michael W. Uh, Smith, and uh, I said, Michael, did you ever think when you were growing up as a kid that maybe you would be involved in uh, in a service of this seriousness 
about a man who will probably have his face all over the 20th century uh, uh, a Christian story, the, uh, the broader Christian story. He said, never in my farthest imagination. And I think we were both overwhelmed, and we were quite honored that, we, that they wanted us to be part of that service. And, uh, the, uh, and, and our guys were overwhelmed, too. The vocal band was overwhelmed and to be there as part of that. You know, if I started going down the names of the, of the people who were sitting out in that, in that crowd, it was just amazing. People who were just thrilled to, be, thrilled to death to be there uh, in, that, in that tent. And they did it in the tent because obviously he started out preaching in a tent. Yes. And uh, and then we did a video there about ten years ago in a tent called it the Tent Revival, and Franklin took us through the library. It was a wonderful chance to get to know what was going on there with the uh, with the library and everything. Uh, what can I say? I mean, it was just a, a very very moving time. I don't know how many crusades we have done. Uh, with uh, Dr. Graham and Bev and Cliff. We were very close to Cliff and, and Bev. Did videos on them. So That was what I was wondering, because I know you have spent time with, as you mentioned, Cliff Barrels, Beverly Shea. Any special memories being around these two over the years? Oh, yeah. Uh, Cliff's been in our home, and he loved our kitchen because it's much like Billy's uh, kitchen, and we've been in that up uh, on top of the mountain there in Ash- Asheville. We have bricks on the floor, so do they. Uh, the bricks from the sidewalk downtown, Star, Star of David bricks, and uh, have a barn beams on, on our kitchen roof, because I also grew up on a farm, uh, dairy farm, where we milk cows, there and I can remember when we first met Dr. Graham at the Toronto Crusade in the seventies. Seventy thousand people there, and uh, just overwhelmed with the audience. You know, biggest crowd we'd ever sung in front of. And we had just written "Because He Lives" and sang it, and sang "There's Something About That Name," and uh, it was. And the, and we did the Church Triumphant is alive and well. So, <laughs> some great memories. Yep. Uh, and special times with Billy, just sitting down and visiting with him. Yeah, with him and Ruth both. Uh, Ruth, uh, Ruth loved the videos, and uh, and he has said, and also the children have told told me, Anne has told me, and also Franklin, that during her last days, she would sit in her room and watch the video. She loved these songs because she felt like many of those songs, those old gospel songs, had gotten lost. She was happy for that. Plus, she loved the humor. She's quite had a great sense of humor. She thought uh, she went so when we did the video, she wanted to sit right next to Mark Lowry. <laughs> I was at the National Religious Broadcasters Convention this year, and Fernando Ortega did a special tribute to Billy Graham because he had a chance to visit and play music. And I think Dr. Graham really enjoyed his music. He, I think, wrote a song uh, too about Dr. Graham's life. Yep. Story similar to what you're sharing about spending time with Miss Ruth and, and Billy. Well, his humility. He's, he's such a humble man. I mean, let's face it. I mean, he's he's a great man, and he was a great man, and also lived a hundred years of 
I don't suppose anybody lives the perfect life. We will celebrate that this Sunday, but and he would quickly take down his perfection sign very quickly. Oh yes, put it on him. But uh, we don't have a, we don't have any human being as a model uh, any better than he. And uh, uh, to to live a hundred years with that kind of integrity is pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. I understand one of his daughters, Bill, shared a story about her father. Ruth uh, did. She'd gone through uh, two divorces, and she was so ashamed that she had messed up her life. And so she wrote him and told him she was coming home. And you have to, uh, as, uh, with mountain homes, you have to circle, go around in a circle. They don't go, the roads don't go straight up. So she was going up the mountain as she made the last turn and, and, uh, was coming around the corner. There he was at the back door and uh, standing there with, with Ruth. And uh, when she got out of the car, he said, Welcome home, hon. Oh, my. <laughs> Bill, can you imagine the Lord Jesus, you know, with all of the messed up things that we do in life, and he stands there just with wide open arms saying, Welcome home, child. Yep. That's the only Jesus I know. And yeah. That's the only Jesus I can sing about. His arms are open and they're open wide. Well, as you mentioned, new projects. This past fall, you worked on a brand-new project with fame, country, and gospel music performer and studio musician Gordon Mote. What was it like collaborating with Gordon on that project? Gordon traveled with us for about 10 years, so we know Gordon very well. One of the most brilliant musicians that uh, I think has ever been in our field. And his blindness only accents his ears, I think. He's, he hears stuff nobody else hears. And he's just brilliant, and he's just a jewel to work with. And so uh, he's played on many of our sessions, but he never had total control until this session. And I said, okay, Gordon, you know what a control freak this old man is when it comes to making a record. But I'm putting the reins in your hand. Lead on, and we'll follow. And he did, and came up with a great project. You weren't disappointed? Not at all. Oh, that's great. Now, Bill, the Gaither Vocal Band currently features, of course, you, Wes Hampton, Adam Crabb, Todd Suttles, and the newest addition, Reggie Smith. Where did you find Reggie, and uh, what's about his dynamic voice range that he contributes to the group? We've known Reggie now for 30 years. He's, uh, he, uh, he's, uh, he came right out of college uh, from Old Miss, uh, where he majored in music and came to Nashville. And he's just a an unusual singer. He's been around, and, and and we've looked at him before, but he didn't quite fit the team that we had together. You know, it's much like a basketball team. Sometimes you need a point guard. Sometimes you need a, a, a shooting guard. Sometimes you need a power forward, a small forward, just depending what you need. And this time when the opening came, we said, we know the perfect person for this spot. And has he been great? People dearly love him. And uh, we're excited about working with him, and I think he's excited about being there. Well, it was back in 1982 when I first got into Christian radio. The Gaither Vocal Band at that time consisted of John Moore, Gary McSpadden, Steve Green, and, of course, you, Bill. Where are these guys up to today? Where's uh, Steve, Gary, and John? Gary pastors a church in Branson, and Steve is finishing his degree, his doctorate in theology, and still singing and preaching across the country. Steve is just, uh, he's unbelievable. John Moore's in radio. He does a lot of voiceover stuff. 
that, that's a brilliant voice he has and very communicative. And uh, we're having an alumni meeting of all of the past uh, vocal band members next October in uh, in Greenville. The weekend is October the uh, 19th and the 20th. And we think that is going, uh, we're, we're bringing all the ex-members back. Uh, and there's about 17 of them. It's going to be a great, great weekend. That was my next question. Have you considered having a reunion concert with the former vocal band members? So this is actually going to happen. It's going to happen in October, and they all agreed to come back. And it's, it's going to be a very, very special night. You know, Bill, just back last year, Keith and Kristen Getty put on a worship music sing there in Nashville. The Ryman Auditorium was full from the the bottom to the top of the risers, people singing hymns, and and I think they're planning on doing another similar event like that. It seems like the classics, going back to the classics, I mean, all ages are hungry for the good old gospel music. Yeah, and it's not because it's old. It's because it's great and it survived. I'm not against new uh, material because uh, Keith uh, and Kristen are good friends of ours, and they're writing some new good stuff. In Christ Alone, just a great, great new hymn. And so there's nothing wrong with the, uh, you know, with new material. But uh, what happens over the period of time, material does get crowded out by better material. And uh, and so it, the good survives. And the reason we sing old stuff is it survived. I mean, it's pretty hard to beat. My sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. You just, you can't say it any better than that. That's so true, Bill, because sometimes, you know, we go through those times of life of confusion and even get discouraged and despair, and, and our focus might get off the Lord and His Word but sometimes those familiar hymns will come back to mind, and they just bring so much joy and comfort to my heart. Well, not only to yours, Byron, but to uh, to many people. When I taught school and, ta- and I taught poetry, the kids who got the most subtle stuff in poetry and a tear would come to their eye were always the kids who were bright enough and was serious enough you can dig, dig into it. You take Robert Frost on the death of the hired man and the whole question about what is our responsibility for somebody who gets old and he hasn't prepared? Well, every day at my desk here, we make decisions. We have a, a fund called the Gospel Music Trust Fund for artists who have spent their lives in Christian music and for whatever reason came upon some hardship and they didn't put enough money back for insurance and then they need need help. Uh, the only w- way I can read the scriptures is, you're my brother, you're my sister. And so we have an organization that can help artists like when that happens. That's a great thing there, Bill. Well, as you mentioned, it's been more than 40 years since you quit your day job as a teacher. <laughs> I was just thinking about the classroom today. As you look at the shooting in Florida or Sandy Hook, and you see what pressure that teachers are under because just trying to conduct the normal classroom, teach the kids, and the kids are coming in with so much baggage and so much pain and problems from home. And what would you say to today's teacher? I mean, like I said, you left that career, and we're thankful you did, by the way. 
I still consider myself a teacher. I run into kids all the time that I had in class, uh, not all the time, but uh, every now and then, and they and that's been 40 years ago, uh, 50 years ago, 40 years, 45 years ago. And they'll say, uh, you know, you were my favorite teacher. You were a great influence on my life. Um, I loved what you modeled uh, and how you modeled your faith in the classroom. And it's hard for me to get away from teaching, and same way with Gloria. We still spend quite a bit of time in uh, a Christian higher education trying to do what we can do to uh, pass the uh, life experiences that we have had and uh, hopefully help them to uh, not make some of the, make some, some of the same mistakes that, that people make because we're still human beings. I encourage teachers all the time when I talk to them, it's like, I cannot tell you how important what you're doing is. Don't get weary in well-doing. Hang in there. And I'm and, and true, I've never been in the classroom where you're worried about some character you know, coming around the corner with a gun ready to take some people's lives. I can't imagine teaching that oh, kind my. of atmosphere. But it is a new day, and... Uh, We've got to find some answers. Have you met any up-and-coming gospel songwriters lately that you've enjoyed spending time with and maybe offering some of that great Gaither magic to? <laughs> you know what? Uh, the last one I talked to was Zach Williams, who wrote this. Are you familiar with Chainbreaker? Yeah. To me, hands down, that is the song of the year. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you're lost, he's a way maker. If you need saving or freedom, he's a prison-shaking savior. If you got chains, he's a chain breaker. I told him, I said, man, you wrote yourself a song that's going to be around long after you're not here. Oh, yeah, I'm encouraged when I hear songs like that or or Chris Tomlin's song, Jesus Messiah. Uh, uh, I mean... Uh, are they all at that level? No, but they weren't all at that level when I was writing. <laughs> but every now and then, one surfaces to the top. That's very, very special. No, I'm encouraged. You know, I've talked to other songwriters that say similar things, that for you know every one song they've written that is worth recording, they probably have scrapped 20 or 30 songs. Oh, yeah, but a songwriter keeps writing. We wrote, wrote one the other day. It won't be in the hymnal. Larry Gatlin and I wrote a song called I thought getting older. I thought getting older would take a lot longer than it did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you write pretty often with Larry, don't you? From time to time, we've got a couple on this new project. We've got a song called "Living in the Rhythm," living in the rhythm of grace. I uh-huh. believe in the theology, and the music's fun. You know, I love Saturday evenings. The local PBS channel does feature your music. And the other night I tuned in, and I don't know when the concert was done or when it was held, but you were doing some music with the Oak Ridge Boys. The Oak Ridge and the Gatlin. Uh, mainly because the Oak Ridge started a gospel people, and Larry started out as a gospel group in uh, uh, in Texas. Larry is, 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 is you know did some things right, did some things wrong. But boy, I tell you what, he's in a good place now spiritually. He loves the Lord. He and his uh, sweet wife, Janice, has been married now for about 50 years, and uh, God has brought him through some tough times. But, you know, we have sung Amazing Grace all of our lives. I believed it then, and I still believe it. 
Well, Bill, you've been named ASCAP's Songwriters of the Century. You and Gloria together have written more than 700 popular gospel songs, maybe even more than that, including the favorite standards, He Touched Me Because He Lives. There's just something about that name. Hey, do you have a safe place in the house where you keep all those 700 songs? (laughs) No, now with the computers and everything and the backup stuff, it's all digitized. And so, uh, you know, we got some original manuscripts that we have down in our, our little award room when people stop by the store here in Alexandria. We They say... Do you have anything we can see? And so it's kind of nice, and people stop by, and that's good. What's the one thing, Bill, you've learned after all of these years of writing music, singing, and touring for the Lord? I think patience uh, and uh, stewardship to me is very important. I And I, I'd love to pass that along to young kids, that if they were born with a good mind— be a good steward of it. If they were born with a good body, be a good steward of it. If they were born with charisma, just a natural charisma, and I think the spiritual folks would call it an anointing, be a good steward of it. Don't waste it. Don't waste it on stuff not worth it. And I would say to them, also with their influence, don't get to be 50 or 60 and waste the influence that God has given to you. And I would say the same thing about your finances. If God has blessed you with finances, be a good steward of it and uh, so you can help some others. Well, Bill, as you make your way to Memphis on Thursday, April 5th, at First Assembly of God in Memphis Church, also understand joining the Gaither Vocal Band will be the talented female vocalist Charlotte Ritchie and the powerful male vocalist Gene McDonald, as well as guitarist and comedian Kevin Williams. Yeah, we always have. Uh, uh, Ruth Graham would be uh, happy with this. Mark's gone, but I think Kevin took up where he left off. <laughs> Does he pick on your nose and hair, too? Uh, oh, oh, yeah, he's <laughs> he's after me on everything. That's his job. But also, he's a great guitar player, and he is ahead of our band. And Matthew Holt is an amazing keyboard player. Matthew has a music group up at uh, Bethel University, not far from you there in, like, is it McKenzie, Tennessee? More East Tennessee, I believe, yeah. Yeah. Middle Tennessee, yeah. But but he's going to have a group, about 50 of his singers are going to be part of our choir that night. So uh, it's going to be an exciting night. Well, Bill, we want to remind all of our listeners about the evening here with the Gaither Vocal Band at First Assembly 8650 Walnut Grove Road in Cordova, 7 p.m. is the time. Now, you can get complete information, including your ticket pricing, by calling 901-843-8600 or visit gaither.com, or you can also go to premierproductions.com, gaither.com. Now, you can charge your tickets by phone or to obtain some group tickets, call this number, 1-855-484-1991. Wow, Bill, you're going to be busy, aren't you? Byron, for a man my age, I'm pretty busy. (laughs) Well, I was talking to one of the ladies that schedules your radio interviews, and she was trying to get a time with you and I. And she says, well, he just came off a cruise, so I need to give him some time to rest. And I was thinking, when you come off a cruise, you should be (laughs) (laughs) well-rested. Yeah, we host the entire ship. Uh, 2,000 people came on there, and they wanted to be part of our uh, 
uh, you know, you know, part of that week. So we were responsible for keeping everybody happy. And Gloria and I love to do that. It's a good chance to get to know people a lot better. And we had some folks from your area there in Memphis and also folks from up in Kansas City. And uh, it's always a fun time. Well, friends, again, don't forget the concert with Bill Gaither, the Gaither Vocal Band, Thursday, April 5th. First Assembly of God. Get the information, all you need to know, at Gaither.com. Go to Gaither.com. Bill, God bless you. It is so wonderful to talk with you. I always enjoy when we get together. Byron, it's a joy to talk with you. We're looking forward to coming to Memphis. Well, friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> 